Every month, 1 in 10 older adults worldwide experience some form of abuse. But with only 1 in 24 cases of elder abuse reported, the true figures are likely to be much greater. And with an increasing aging population in the United States and beyond, so will be the problem. By 2050, the global population of people aged 60 and older is predicted will more than double, from 900 million in 2015 to about 2 billion. Experts report that knowledge about elder abuse lags as much as two decades behind the fields of child abuse and domestic violence. Limited past research means limited data to guide practitioners, policymakers, and trainers. What we do know now is alarming. Elders who experience a form of abuse, even modest abuse, have reported 300% higher risk of death. Even verbal abuse has been linked to seniors' physical health issues and well-being. With resource constraints in a constantly aging population, a once-hidden problem will be impossible to overlook. But as more studies come to light and as state adult protective services data show an uptick in the reporting of incidents elder abuse has emerged as an important social public health issue. But whatever the statistics for the United States and beyond, researchers do agree that elder abuse is an epidemic. Losing friends and family members, as well as their own physical and mental capacity, often isolates elderly people. Specific definitions vary on what elder abuse really is, and those definitions continue to evolve. The WHO calls elder abuse a single, or repeated act, or lack of appropriate action, occurring within any relationship where there is an expectation of trust which causes harm or distress to an older person. It can be verbal, physical, psychological or emotional, sexual or financial. It can also be neglect either intentional or unintentional. Even with imperfect statistics on elder abuse, we do know that social isolation and lack of social support is a significant risk factor. Losing friends and family members, as well as their own physical and mental capacity, often isolates elderly people. This can place a burden on the nearby relatives who are available to tend to their care. and who become isolated themselves. Historically, children shared the responsibility for the care of aging parents. Today, migration of young families means that many elderly are left alone with inadequate funds to pay for outside care and limited options for care at home. Abusive home caregivers, like their victims, come from all walks of life. They range from the cruel and uncaring to the well-intentioned and overwhelmed. Many factors come into play, mental health, finances, lack of respite from constant responsibility, dysfunctional family dynamics, even lack of certainty about what an elderly family member wants. Domestic violence, also named domestic abuse or family violence, is violence or other abuse by one person against another in a domestic setting, such as in marriage or cohabitation. It may be termed intimate partner violence when committed by a spouse or partner in an intimate relationship against the other spouse or partner, and can take place in heterosexual or same-sex relationships, or between former spouses or partners. Domestic violence can also involve violence against children, parents, or the elderly. It takes a number of forms, including physical, verbal, emotional, economic, religious, reproductive, and sexual abuse, which can range from subtle, 
coercive forms to marital rape and to violent physical abuse such as choking, betting, female genital mutilation, and acid throwing that results in disfigurement or death. Domestic murders include stoning, bride burning, honor killings, and dowry deaths. Globally, the victims of domestic violence are overwhelmingly women, and women tend to experience more severe forms of violence. They are also likelier than men to use intimate partner violence in self-defense. In some countries, domestic violence is often seen as justified, particularly in cases of actual or suspected infidelity on the part of the woman, and is legally permitted. Research has established that there exists a direct and significant correlation between a country's level of gender equality and rates of domestic violence, where countries with less gender equality experience higher rates of domestic violence. Domestic violence is among the most underreported crimes worldwide for both men and women due to social stigmas regarding male victimization. Men who are victims of domestic violence face an increased likelihood of being overlooked by healthcare providers. Domestic violence often occurs when the abuser believes that abuse is an entitlement, acceptable, justified, or unlikely to be reported. It may produce an intergenerational cycle of abuse in children and other family members, who may feel that such violence is acceptable or condoned. Many people do not recognize themselves as abusers or victims because they may consider their experiences as family conflicts that got out of control. Awareness, perception, definition and documentation of domestic violence differs widely from country to country. Domestic violence often happens in the context of forced or child marriage. In abusive relationships, there may be a cycle of abuse during which tensions rise and an act of violence is committed, followed by a period of reconciliation and calm. Victims of domestic violence may be trapped in domestic violence situations through isolation, power and control, traumatic bonding to the abuser, cultural acceptance, lack of financial resources, fear, shame, or to protect children. As a result of abuse, victims may experience physical disabilities, dysregulated aggression, chronic health problems, mental illness, limited finances, and poor ability to create healthy relationships. Victims may experience severe psychological disorders, such as post-traumatic stress disorder. Children who live in a household with violence often show psychological problems from an early age such as avoidance, hypervigilance to threats, and dysregulated aggression which may contribute to vicarious traumatization. Alzheimer's abuse is very common today, thanks in large part to the fact that many patients with this condition are unable to communicate what is happening to their loved ones. In many instances, they may not even realize or recall that the abuse has taken place. Alzheimer's abuse can include any and all forms of elder abuse, including physical, emotional, neglect, financial and sexual abuse. In fact, individuals with dementia can be at a high risk of abuse. The Alzheimer's Society states, people with dementia can be particularly vulnerable to abuse and mistreatment for many reasons. Dementia can also make it harder to detect when abuse is taking place. Types of Alzheimer's Abuse Alzheimer's patients can suffer from many of the myriads of elder abuse situations that threaten patients in nursing homes and assisted living facilities. These can include physical abuse, 
Physical abuse consists of any situation in which someone else causes the patient physical pain or injury. This can include hitting, punching, kicking, biting, choking and much more. Emotional abuse Emotional abuse of Alzheimer's patients is no less common than with other elderly patients within nursing homes, and can consist of threats, verbal assault, intimidation, harassment, and more. Restraints More than other patients, Alzheimer's sufferers are at risk for restraint-related abuse. Restraints are sometimes necessary to prevent physical harm or to safeguard a patient who might injure themselves, but they can be misused. Sexual abuse, Alzheimer's patients are prime targets for sexual abuse due to their mental condition. Sexual abuse can range from inappropriate touching through clothing all the way up to assault and rape. Financial abuse, because of their mental condition, Alzheimer's patients are prime targets for financial abuse, which can include theft of cash or cards, as well as theft of bank account information and being tricked into signing contracts or other binding documents. Neglect, both facility and self-neglect can affect Alzheimer's patients in nursing home facilities. If self-neglect is the issue, it is the responsibility of the facility staff to recognize and treat. Note that the situation is not reserved for nursing homes alone. Many other predators target patients with dementia and other cognitive disorders, including salespeople and kinmen. Recognizing signs of abuse in Alzheimer's patients is vital, and a great deal of the onus here falls on loved ones to pay close attention. Because Alzheimer's patients are often left in an unclear mental state, and unable to clearly communicate what may have happened to them, it is important to look for the following. Injuries, look for signs of physical abuse, which can include cuts, bruises, marks from restraints and more. All of these can be signs that the caregivers at the facility are physically abusing your loved one. Financial changes, look for financial changes in the patient's life. These can include unexplained purchases from their checking account or on credit cards, changes to their legal paperwork, wills, the power of attorney, and more change in behavior, while Alzheimer's patients are known for changes in their behavior, it is important to note any increases in aggression toward caregivers, as this can indicate that the caregiver has harmed or otherwise abused your loved one. Bad hygiene, look for signs that your loved one is not getting the physical care they need to stay clean and healthy, as this can indicate neglect. Bruising or bleeding, look for bruising around the genitals, thighs, and breasts to indicate potential sexual abuse. Being diagnosed with a sexually transmitted disease is another sign of sexual abuse at the facility. Your state has a hotline for reporting all types of elder abuse, including Alzheimer's abuse. Call the hotline and the government should provide your loved one with a caregiver, caseworker who will interview them and investigate the situation. It may be wise to hire an elder abuse attorney with experience handling Alzheimer's abuse cases to represent your loved one against the facility or other threat. Hiring an attorney will help ensure the best chance of a positive outcome. The term domestic violence includes felony or misdemeanor crimes of violence committed by a current or former spouse or intimate partner at the victim, 
by a person with whom the victim shares a child in common, by a person who is cohabitating with or has cohabitated with the victim as a spouse or intimate partner, by a person similarly situated to a spouse of the victim under the domestic or family violence laws of the jurisdiction receiving grant monies, or by any other person against an adult or youth victim who is protected from that person's acts under the domestic or family violence laws of the jurisdiction. In an emergency, Victims of domestic violence should call 911 or contact state or local law enforcement officials, who can respond to these crimes. A combination of individual, relational, community, and societal factors contribute to the risk of becoming a perpetrator of elder abuse. They are contributing factors and may or may not be direct causes. Up to 21% of the complaints filed regarding abuse in nursing homes in the United States revolve around emotional abuse, also called psychological abuse. While physical abuse is the most common, hundreds of thousands of elderly residents in U.S. nursing homes are subject to excruciating emotional abuse every single year. The Centers for Disease Control define emotional abuse of the elderly as verbal or nonverbal behavior that results in the infliction of anguish, mental pain, fear or distress. Examples of tactics that may exemplify emotional or psychological abuse include behaviors intended to humiliate, name-calling or insults, threaten, expressing an intent to initiate nursing home placement, isolate, seclusion from family and friends, or control, prohibiting or limiting access to transportation, telephone, money or other resources, of an older adult. It is unclear exactly how many instances of emotional abuse of the elderly occur each year. Part of this is because the vast majority of cases go unreported. It is also due to a lack of understanding of what constitutes emotional abuse, as well as the number of elderly residents without family or friends who can identify such abuse and report it. Often, Elderly residents feel powerless to take action on their own, in large part because their abusers have convinced them that they cannot do anything about it. Emotional abuse can be committed for any number of reasons. Often, it is in conjunction with another type of abuse. For instance, if a caregiver is stealing money from an elderly individual, they might engage in emotional abuse to prevent the elderly person from reporting the theft. In other instances, emotional abuse is its own reward, making the caregiver feel more powerful, or more in control of the elderly individual. It can also be done to make the elderly person more tractable to the desires of the abuser. For family members, friends, and other loved ones, it is crucial to know the signs to watch for that might indicate a nursing home resident is being abused emotionally or psychologically. These signs can include the following withdrawn. If an elderly resident seems more withdrawn than usual, particularly when in the presence of a caregiver, it may indicate emotional abuse. Loss of interest. While the loss of interest in pastimes and activities can be a sign of depression not related to abuse, it can also be a sign that the individual is emotionally abused. Emotional upset. If the person is frequently emotionally upset, it can be a sign that they are being abused emotionally. Agitation, if a previously calm resident becomes frequently or constantly agitated, it is a good sign that something is going on, possibly emotional abuse. Unusual behavior, 
If you notice a loved one beginning to exhibit unusual behaviors, particularly those that seem related to cognitive health conditions like Alzheimer's without such a diagnosis, suspect emotional abuse. These behaviors can include constant rocking, rubbing, mumbling and more. Statements of abuse, if your loved one reports they are emotionally abused, take it seriously. Always investigate first, before dismissing it out of hand. While some reports can be due to a need for attention or mental health issues, these are more often actual statements about the situation. If you know or suspect that a loved one is emotionally abused within a nursing home, the next step is to report it to your state's government via their elder abuse hotline. The state will assign a caseworker who will investigate. If it is found that your loved one is emotionally abused, he or she will be removed from the facility and treatment will begin. It may also be a wise decision to approach an elder abuse attorney with significant experience in this area. Nursing homes and their staff must be held accountable for their actions, including emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse and other forms of elder abuse. Understanding these factors can help identify various opportunities for prevention. Formal services, such as respite care for those providing care to elders, are limited, inaccessible, or unavailable. A culture where there is high tolerance and acceptance of aggressive behavior. Health care personnel, guardians, and other agents are given greater freedom in routine care and decision-making. Family members are expected to care for elders without seeking help from others. Persons are encouraged to endure suffering or remain silent regarding their pains. There are negative beliefs about aging and elders. In addition to the above factors, there are also specific characteristics of institutional settings that can increase the risk for perpetration of vulnerable elders, including unsympathetic or negative attitudes toward residents, chronic staffing problems, lack of administrative oversight, staff burnout, and stressful working conditions. Protective factors for elder abuse. Protective factors reduce risk for perpetrating abuse and neglect. Protective factors have not been studied as extensively or rigorously as risk factors. However, identifying and understanding protective factors are equally as important as researching risk factors. Research is needed to determine whether these factors do indeed buffer elders from abuse. Protective factors for perpetration. Relationship level. Having numerous, strong relationships with people of varying social status. Community level. Coordination of resources and services among community agencies and organizations that serve the elderly population and their caregivers. Higher levels of community cohesion and a strong sense of community or community identity. Higher levels of community functionality and greater collective efficacy. Protective factors within institutional settings can include the following. Effective monitoring systems. Solid institutional policies and procedures regarding patient care. Regular training on elder abuse and neglect for employees. Education and clear guidance on durable power of attorney and how it is to be used. Regular visits by family members, volunteers, and social workers. When thinking about domestic violence, 
the image of a young family often comes to mind. But, the truth is, abuse can happen at any age. Just like other kinds of abuse, elder abuse can take many different forms. Physical, inflicting pain or injury through such actions as slapping, hitting, bruising or restraining. Physical abuse can also be inflicted through medication tampering, giving too much or withholding medication. Sexual, any non-consensual sexual contact, whether comprehended or not. Emotional, inflicting mental anguish or distress through verbal or non-verbal acts such as threatening, intimidating or humiliating. Neglect, failure to provide food, clothing, shelter, healthcare or protection. Financial, illegal use, misuse or concealment of funds, property, assets or benefits for someone else's gain. Abandonment, desertion of a vulnerable adult. It's difficult to know how prevalent elder abuse is because it frequently goes unreported. The World Health Organization says anywhere between 1 and 10 percent of seniors are affected. According to the National Council for Aging Care, only 1 in 24 cases are actually reported. This means even on the low end we're talking about hundreds of thousands of American and Canadian seniors being abused each year. Because not all seniors are able to communicate incidents of abuse, it's important that those close to them watch for warning signs. Here are five to look for from the Administration for Community Living. Unexplained bruises, marks, broken bones or abrasions that could be indicative of physical abuse or any bruises or injuries to the breasts or genitalia. Withdrawal from previously enjoyed activities, sudden change in alertness or unusual depression. Sudden changes in financial situation. Poor hygiene, bed sores, unusual weight loss or unattended medical needs. Belittling threats or frequent arguments between patient and caregiver. If you suspect an elderly loved one is being abused, report it to authorities. If the threat is immediate, call 911. Otherwise, call your local police department's non-emergency line or contact your state's adult protective care services. Elder abuse is an intentional act, or failure to act by a caregiver or another person in a relationship involving an expectation of trust that causes or creates a risk of harm to an older adult. An older adult is defined as someone age 60 or older. Physical abuse, the intentional use of physical force that results in acute or chronic illness, bodily injury, physical pain, functional impairment, distress, or death. Physical abuse may include, but is not limited to, Violent acts such as striking, with or without an object or weapon, hitting, betting, scratching, biting, choking, suffocation, pushing, shoving, shaking, slapping, kicking, stomping, pinching, and burning. Sexual abuse or abusive sexual contact, forced or unwanted sexual interaction, touching and non-touching acts, of any kind with an older adult. This may include forced or unwanted completed or attempted contact between the penis and the vulva or the penis and the anus involving penetration. Contact between the mouth and the penis, vulva, or anus. Penetration of the anal or genital opening of another person by a hand, finger, or other object. Intentional touching, either directly or through the clothing, of the genitalia, anus, groin, 
breast, inner thigh, or buttocks. These acts also qualify as sexual abuse if they are committed against a person who is not competent to give informed approval. Emotional or psychological abuse, verbal or nonverbal behavior that results in the infliction of anguish, mental pain, fear, or distress. Examples include behaviors intended to humiliate, calling names or insults, threaten, expressing an intent to initiate nursing home placement, isolate, seclusion from family or friends, or control, prohibiting or limiting access to transportation, telephone, money or other resources. Neglect, failure by a caregiver or other responsible person to protect an elder from harm, or the failure to meet needs for essential medical care, nutrition, hydration, hygiene, clothing, basic activities of daily living or shelter, which results in a serious risk of compromised health and safety. Examples include not providing adequate nutrition, hygiene, clothing, shelter, or access to necessary health care, or failure to prevent exposure to unsafe activities and environments. Financial abuse or exploitation, the illegal, unauthorized, or improper use of an older individual's resources by a caregiver or other person in a trusting relationship, for the benefit of someone other than the older individual. This includes depriving an older person of rightful access to, information about, or use of, personal benefits, resources, belongings, or assets. Examples include forgery, misuse or theft of money or possessions, use of coercion or deception to surrender finances or property, or improper use of guardianship or power of attorney. Elder abuse, including neglect and exploitation, is experienced by an estimated one out of every ten people ages 60 and older who lives at home. For every one case of elder abuse that is detected or reported, it is estimated that approximately 23 cases remain hidden. The possible physical and psychosocial consequences of elder abuse are numerous and varied. Few studies have extensively examined the long-term consequences of elder abuse and distinguished them from those linked to normal aging. The most immediate probable physical effects include welts, wounds, and injuries, bruises, lacerations, dental problems, head injuries, broken bones, pressure sores, Persistent physical pain and soreness. Nutrition and hydration issues. Sleep disturbances. Increased susceptibility to new illnesses, including sexually transmitted diseases. Exacerbation of pre-existing health conditions. Increased risks for premature death. Psychological effects. Established psychological effects of elder abuse include high levels of distress and depression. Other potential psychological consequences that need further scientific study are Increased risks for developing fear and anxiety reactions Learned helplessness Post-traumatic stress disorder Elder abuse is a serious problem that can have harmful effects on victims. The goal for elder abuse prevention is to stop it from happening in the first place. However, the solutions are as complex as the problem. Knowledge about what works to prevent elder abuse is growing. However, most prevention strategies and practices have not yet been rigorously evaluated to determine their effectiveness. In the absence of proven prevention strategies, 
program planners may consider the following sources to strengthen their approach. Domestic violence is a type of abuse. It can be the abuse of a spouse or partner, which is also known as intimate partner violence. Or it could be the abuse of a child, older relative, or other family member. Domestic violence may include different types of abuse, such as physical violence that can lead to injuries such as bruises or fractures, broken bones, sexual violence, including sexual assault, emotional abuse, which includes threats, name-calling, put-downs, and humiliation. It can also involve controlling behavior, such as telling the victim how to act or dress and not letting them see family or friends. Economic abuse, which involves controlling access to money. Stalking, which is repeated, unwanted contact that causes fear or concern for the safety of the victim. This can include watching or following the victim. The stalker may send repeated, unwanted phone calls or texts. It is hard to know exactly how common domestic violence is, because it's often not reported. But we do know that anyone can be affected by it. Domestic violence can happen to men or women of all different ages. It affects people with all levels of income and education. If you think that a loved one might be the victim of domestic violence, learn about the different types of abuse. Dopamine, D.A., a contraction of 3,4-dihydroxyphenethylamine, is an organic chemical of the catecholamine and phenethylamine families. It functions both as a hormone and a neurotransmitter and plays several important roles in the brain and body. It is an amine synthesized by removing a carboxyl group from a molecule of its precursor chemical L-dopa, which is synthesized in the brain and kidneys. Dopamine is also synthesized in plants and the most animals. In the brain, dopamine functions as a neurotransmitter chemical released by neurons, nerve cells, to send signals to other nerve cells. The brain includes several distinct dopamine pathways, one of which plays a major role in the motivational component of reward-motivated behavior. The anticipation of most types of rewards increases the level of dopamine in the brain, failed verification, and many addictive drugs increase dopamine release or block its reuptake into neurons following release. Other brain dopamine pathways are involved in motor control and in controlling the release of various hormones. These pathways and cell groups form a dopamine system which is neuromodulatory. In popular culture and media, dopamine is usually seen as the main chemical of pleasure, but the current opinion in pharmacology is that dopamine instead confers motivational salience. In other words, dopamine signals the perceived motivational prominence the desirability or aversiveness of an outcome, which in turn propels the organism's behavior toward or away from achieving that outcome. Outside the central nervous system, dopamine functions primarily as a local paracrine messenger. In blood vessels, it inhibits norepinephrine release and acts as a vasodilator. At normal concentrations, in the kidneys, it increases sodium excretion and urine output. In the pancreas, it reduces insulin production. In the digestive system, it reduces gastrointestinal motility and protects intestinal mucosa and in the immune system, it reduces the activity of lymphocytes. With the exception of the blood vessels, dopamine in each of these peripheral systems is synthesized locally and exerts its effects near the cells that release it.
Several important diseases of the nervous system are associated with dysfunctions of the dopamine system, and some of the key medications used to treat them work by altering the effects of dopamine. Parkinson's disease, a degenerative condition causing tremor and motor impairment, is caused by a loss of dopamine-secreting neurons in an area of the midbrain called the substantia nigra. Its metabolic precursor L-dopa can be manufactured, levodopa. A pure form of L-dopa, is the most widely used treatment for Parkinson's. There is evidence that schizophrenia involves altered levels of dopamine activity, and most antipsychotic drugs used to treat this are dopamine antagonists which reduce dopamine activity. Similar dopamine antagonist drugs are also some of the most effective anti-nausea agents. Restless legs syndrome and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, are associated with decreased dopamine activity. Dopaminergic stimulants can be addictive in high doses, but some are used at lower doses to treat ADHD. Dopamine itself is available as a manufactured medication for intravenous injection, although it cannot reach the brain from the bloodstream, its peripheral effects make it useful in the treatment of heart failure or shock, especially in newborn babies. Your safety is the most important concern. If you are in immediate danger, call 911. If you are not in immediate danger, you can get medical care if you have been injured or sexually assaulted. Call a helpline for free, anonymous help. You can contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Find out where to get help in your community. Contact local organizations that can help you. Make a safety plan to leave. Domestic violence usually does not get better. Think about a safe place for you to go and all the things that you will need when you leave. Save the evidence. Keep evidence of abuse, such as pictures of your injuries or threatening emails or texts. Make sure that it is in a safe place the abuser cannot access. Talk to someone you trust, such as a family member, a friend, a co-worker, or a spiritual leader. Consider getting a restraining order to protect yourself. How can I help someone who is a victim of domestic violence? Let your loved one know that being treated this way isn't healthy and that they are not to blame. You should. Watch for the signs of abuse. Learn about the signs and keep track of the ones that you see. Find out about local resources. Get the addresses and phone numbers of some local resources in your community. Then you'll be able to share the information if the person is ready for it. Set up a time to talk. Make sure you can have your conversation in a safe, private place. Your loved one's partner may have access to his or her cell phone or computer, so be careful about sharing information over text or email. Be specific about why you are worried. Describe the behaviors that concern you. Be as specific as possible when explaining why you are worried. Plan for safety. If your loved one is ready to leave an abusive partner, help make a plan for getting out of the relationship as safely as possible. A domestic violence counselor can help with making a safety plan. Be patient and do not judge. You should talk about your concerns with your loved one, but you need to understand that they may not be ready to talk about it. Let them know that you're available to talk at any time, and that you will listen without judging them. Intimate Partner Violence, IPV, is a serious,
preventable public health problem that affects millions of Americans. The term intimate partner violence describes physical violence, sexual violence, stalking, or psychological harm by a current or former partner or spouse. This type of violence can occur among heterosexual or same-sex couples and does not require sexual intimacy. CDC's research and programs work to understand the problem of intimate partner violence and prevent it before it begins. According to the National Committee for the Prevention of Elder Abuse, elder abuse is defined as any form of mistreatment that results in harm or loss to an older person. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Community Living broadens the definition by stating elder abuse is a term referring to any knowing, intentional, or negligent act by a caregiver or any other person that causes harm or a serious risk of harm to a vulnerable adult. Elder abuse is not constrained to just one type of harm, such as physical harm like bruises or abrasions. In fact, there are multiple types of elder abuse, and many of them are far more common than you might assume. The following are all types of elder abuse that can and do occur in nursing homes and care facilities across the United States on a regular basis. Physical abuse, hitting, choking, pinching, biting, slapping or chemical or physical restraints applied to a senior. Sexual abuse, any non-consensual sexual contact, including everything from inappropriate touching to actual penetration. Neglect. A failure by caregivers to provide medications, medical treatment, food, shelter, clothing, mobility devices and more. Financial abuse, theft of money, credit cards, bank account information and more, as well as intimidation toward the elderly person to provide money or financial information. Emotional abuse, the inflicting of distress, pain, mental anguish and another discomfort through verbal or nonverbal acts including threats, intimidation, humiliation, physical punishment, being restrained and more. Psychological abuse, very similar to emotional abuse, and often used in conjunction with physical, sexual or financial abuse situations. Resident-resident abuse, neglect in a situation where one resident is violent, physically, verbally or mentally, to another resident. How to prevent elder abuse. Preventing elder abuse requires that you be attentive and watchful where the health and well-being of your loved one are concerned. Understand that no facility is 100% safe from these crimes, and up to 30% of nursing homes in the U.S. have had abuse lawsuits filed against them. According to the National Committee for the Prevention of Elder Abuse, up to 550,000-plus elderly citizens in the U.S. are subject to some form of abuse in nursing homes and care facilities every single year. The most important thing for loved ones to know is how to identify signs of elder abuse. Some of these include the following. Physical marks. Watch for new bruises, cuts abrasions, burns and the like to show up. While these are not always signs of physical abuse, they can be indications of it. Arguments or lack of communication, another sign to watch for is if your loved one is particularly argumentative with a particular caregiver, or goes quiet when a particular caregiver is nearby. Financial changes, if you notice sudden financial changes, such as new charges on credit cards, bank account balances dropping 
changes to the will and the like, it is a good sign of financial abuse. Sexual abuse signs, watch for bruising around the breasts on female residents, as well as infections and possibly sexually transmitted diseases as a sign of sexual abuse for residents of nursing homes and care facilities. Sores and worsening conditions, signs of neglect can include the appearance of bed sores, or worsening bed sores, as well as poor hygiene, a lack of medication, and sudden weight loss. Depression and anxiety, depression, anxiety and withdrawal from activities the person previously enjoyed are all signs of emotional abuse. Whether you suspect physical abuse, sexual abuse, neglect or some other form of elder abuse, it is crucial that you take action. Do not confront the caregiver you suspect, and do not approach the facility's management. Instead, call your state's elder abuse hotline, and then contact an elder abuse attorney. You'll have the chance to discuss the situation with someone who has significant experience in this area and learn more about what should be done next to protect and safeguard your loved one from this horrifying threat. Residents of nursing homes should be provided with adequate food and water, as well as any assistance needed with grooming and personal hygiene. However, all too often, this does not occur. Numerous cases of dehydration and poor hygiene have been documented within nursing homes across the U.S. These conditions are harmful in and of themselves, but they can lead to lasting injury and even contribute to death in a worst-case scenario. It is incumbent on nursing home staff members to provide every resident with enough water to keep them properly hydrated on a daily basis. Dehydration is a very serious concern, and it can lead to dramatic repercussions. In fact, dehydration alone can lead to death very quickly, much more quickly than malnutrition. In a study published by the National Institutes of Health, 40 nursing home residents were tracked for fluid intake. Of those, 39 did not receive enough fluids daily. In fact, 25 of the 40 residents studied had medical conditions that could be directly related to a lack of hydration. This problem was most common with dehydration. It is also important to note that one significant cause of dehydration noted in the study was a lack of staff, understaffing, at the nursing home in question. The study also noted a lack of training on the part of staff members on how to provide fluids for patients who do not prefer water. Poor hygiene. Good hygiene is essential to limit bacterial growth and to prevent health problems from developing. Everyone needs to pay attention to good hygiene habits, such as teeth brushing, bathing, hand washing and more. However, for nursing home residents, this can be a very real challenge. Many find it difficult to dress, much less take care of their hygiene needs. Unfortunately, many nursing homes do nothing to help this, and staff often neglect patients with limited mobility or cognitive problems. This neglect can lead to very serious problems. For instance, a lack of proper bathing can cause bacteria to grow at a rapid pace. Most elderly residents' immune systems are not up to the task of protecting them from this threat. A lack of teeth brushing can lead to cavities and gum disease, as well as a host of other problems. It is the responsibility of nursing home staff members to assist residents with personal hygiene-related tasks, such as bathing, changing clothes, brushing their teeth, 
changing diapers and more. If this is neglected, it is possible for bacteria to grow and spread from one resident to another, essentially compromising the entire facility and the health of all residents within it, as well as potentially affecting staff members. Data from a number of countries about the extent of elder abuse justify urgent attempts to address the problem. Although some population surveys suffer from unclear or overly broad definitions or questionable methods, evidence is now available from a number of well-conducted, large-scale population surveys of community-dwelling individuals in a number of countries. Elder abuse research tends to be subdivided into typologies based on community or institutional living older adult populations. In the following review of elder abuse prevalence, we focus on community-based surveys. Elder abuse prevalence in institutional settings is not covered because of the lack of research in this area. No reliable prevalence studies have been conducted of such mistreatment in nursing homes or other long-term care facilities.